to speak as the oracles of God puts it in a perspective uh, from God's point of view. How does God really look at you and I? I don't know. He loves it. Never will you ever change the love of God. Well, let me tell you something. And I read this. This is by A.W. Tozier. And he's a powerful man of God. Was a powerful man of God. I never thought about this. But I'm just going to give you a few little things he said because it's very important. He said, the greatest mistake we humans make is on trying to measure the love of God out of our own human standards of love, which we do. We're prone to do it. We'll do it automatically. We'll read it again. The greatest mistake we humans make is on trying to measure the love of God by our own human standards of love. See, a lot of times, now, don't, don't take me wrong. I don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Please don't. But a lot of times, well, I'll just give you an example. I watched that. Some of you have probably seen it. I watched it on TV, this angel program, Touched by an Angel. I get so mad sometimes because they'll look at somebody and say, God loves you. I want to say, yeah, and he'll burn your house down too. <laughs> we don't see that side of it. Are you out there? Now, does God love people? Certainly. He'll never stop loving you. Because, because of a reason. I never thought about this until I read it. I believe it to be the truth. God had to, has to first and had to first love himself before he could love anybody. think about that in a while. That'll burn your brains out of your head almost. But it just, why would he ask us to do it? He said we love because he first loved it, but he tells us we got to love our neighbor as ourselves. We measure our love for a neighbor according to our own standard. Not God's standard. How's God love you? He loves you in spite of how you are. God there's somebody to be shouting in the aisles by now. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the truth. And thank you. If you want to do it, I'll do it for you. Hallelujah. 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 Because I'm glad God loves me in spite of how I am. Right. It doesn't give me a license to sin. Paul said we shouldn't. Right. But if sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Thank God yes. for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, because <laughs> this is what he told you said. He said, God being the divine person that he is must love himself first because his love is pure, blameless, and perfect love. It's true. It is perfect, blameless, pure love. So when we operate in His love, we love Him first, and all we do, we do for the glory and the honor of God. Whatsoever you do in word and deed, the Bible said, do all unto the glory of God. Is that right? 1 Corinthians 10, 31, in case you want to know the address. Uh, uh, so, so whatever we do, you know, our love for God, our love of God, our love for God, and I really should have said that back in that verse before I got to this new one, is, is that we do it, well... We do, you do things for your pastors because you love them and you should. But, but you don't do it just for them alone. You do it as unto the Lord. Because of the love of God. The love of God says that I'm going to obey what God said for me to do irregardless of what other ramifications had come. Well, I mean, you know, if, you, if, you're, gonna, if you're in a public position, you're in the firing line. And I mean, they're going to fire at you first. Who they pick on in the church first if things go wrong? The preacher. He did it all. It's all his fault. Not me. I'm perfect. <laughs> but I think, and probably God does too. I can't speak for him. I can only speak for me. But anyway. Now, 
When you tell a sinner God loves him, he has no clue what you're talking about. No clue. Did you? When somebody come to you and said, God loves you, so forget it. God don't love me. Or you may have thought he did. But most of the time, folks don't think he did because they don't perceive it that way. You know, now listen. You know what makes God love you and me? Because we are his creation and he sees in us himself. Whom he loves with a perfect, blameless, pure love. And so he loves us. You know how he loves sinners? Redemptively. How does that, what do you mean? I mean he looks at sinners and says, well, there's one of my creations. I see the features of Adam in him. Now what gets me, and this is a powerful statement, what did the devil do that caused him to get on the wrong side of God? Are you out there? I mean, brother, he, he's so violated something that it caused God to hate him with a perfect hatred. You mean God don't love the devil? I mean God don't love the devil. Amen. And you better not either. Amen. Huh? Amen. What do you think it is he may have done? I don't know, but I think I can give you a glimpse of it according to the scriptures. I will ascend to the heavens. I will exalt my throne above God. Ah! Now I got oh yeah? Boop! Out of heat went. And Jesus said, I saw it, it went so fast, it looked like lightning. God grabbed that devil by the seat of the pants and the nap of the neck. I don't know, I might be getting to that double barrel load. I don't know. But, but picked that devil up and headed him out of heaven so fast, it looked like grease lightning. Praise God, he moves so fast. What was the problem? He was trying to steal the glory with which God said, I will share with nobody. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you what, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Huh? Humpty Dumpty, how's that little saying going? Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Well, the truth of it is that the church world, in, in, a, in, a, in a part anyway, is, boy, preachers, especially us preachers, we got to get a hold of some things and get people pointed back to Jesus Christ because it's an, it's a, it's an infringement upon the rights of God. You know, people say, well, I have my rights. That's, that's one of the things that we say, I have my rights. Yes, you have your rights, and we want you to have your rights. We don't want anybody to be deprived of anything that they have a right to. But when it comes to God, he has his, and he's not going to forfeit them for anybody's rights. Huh? And there's some things that he wants. And there's some things that he's going to have. You say, I don't like your sermon. Well, I don't like your attitude, but I'm going to preach anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, I've, more and more I realize the responsibility laid upon me as a human being, as a person, and as a minister of the gospel of what I've got to say and do, I'm going to tell you something. I don't even have to say things sometimes when I show up. I can just stand there and make folks mad. I mean, I don't mean that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to come down on myself. Or I'm not trying to promote myself with that. I'm just simply making a statement. I've asked God a thousand times, what is wrong with me? Don't you think I haven't asked you? Why is it like that? I'll give you an example. I went to a church in Virginia. I was just down there oh, sometime back preaching that church. And I, we lived there for a while. And the Lord, it was a friend of mine. I actually, I didn't, win, I didn't bring him to the Lord. I didn't lead him to the Lord. But I did have influence upon his life. And he's a pastor now. Good man. Powerful man, actually. Wonderful guy. And the Lord spoke to me when I went to that city. I hadn't seen him for years. He said, I want you to go to that church. I want you to just sit there. He said, there's some mess in that church. And he said, I just want you to sit Don't prophesy. Don't preach if they ask you. Just sit there. I said, I said, you know, you know. Now, to really be honest with you, I wasn't even sure the Lord said it when he said 
I, you know, it's just kind of one of them things you just got to prove it out and see if you really said it. So I went and uh, sat down in the church, and I was there just a couple of months, and all of a sudden there was a mass exodus. A whole bunch of folks just got up and left. I said, what happened? The pastor told me. He started talking to me, revealing some things about it. He said, man, he said, them people didn't like you at all. I said, well, I didn't do nothing. I'm just sitting there. One of them claimed to be a prophet, and he told the pastor, you cannot prophesy in this church unless you ask me first. I said, did you ask me if you knew any more funny stories? Huh? That's not right. It's not the prophet's order. I don't have to control over this church or any other church. I'm just, I'm a traveling preacher. That's all I am. Just preach and say what the Lord wants me to say. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. You know, I can't do much about that. But just sitting there. I mean, I, I'm just, I stand alongside the road. I mean, I was jogging down the road the other day, and the banker in Litchfield, I didn't know he was a banker until later. I thought he was something. You know, he looked like he's some kind of a, you know, important person. I asked him, and he told me his name. I, I wasn't what I was asking him, but he told me his name. And I found out through knowing his name, he was a banker. I'm jogging down the road. He stops the car. I thought he wanted some direction. I thought he's lost. Get out of the middle of the road. <laughs> I said, I'm not in the middle of the road for crying out loud. I'm over here to the side. Joshua, my son, he was over in the grass, and I'm down on the side of the road. He's got a big car. I'm going to get out in the middle of the road in front of the big car. Hey, I may look like I got stupid written all across the front of my head, but I don't. I know that don't work. You know what I'm saying? It just, you know, and, and then Brother uh, Jimmy Cuomo, we were, I told him the first time, I think one of the first times we went there, I said, now listen, he wanted to go out and he just sort of show us around a little bit. And we went to one of the malls doing a little shopping. I told him, I said, I'm going to stir up the devil. <laughs> Jimmy, you better not, you better know it. You go out, Brother Hughes, the devil's going to get stirred up. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's fine. I'm standing in a big mall and I've got a big Kmart and I'm just standing there minding my business and you know, my wife's off one direction and Jimmy's off another direction and Josh is off, or son's off another direction. I'm just standing there because I, I ain't a real big fan of shopping anyway. If I want to get it, I'll just go and get it and leave. And so I just had my hand up on a rack when him rack, you know, hand closed, just sitting there minding my business. Some lady, you know, because New York has all different nationalities, so I don't know what she was. She come around the corner and I'm just standing there minding my business. I ain't said nothing to nobody. I'm just standing there. And she started jabbering at me. I mean, I thought she was cussing me out in her language. Man, she was giving me what for? And I said, well, shut up, take my sight out of you too. Hallelujah, amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Crazy devil. I'm going to rebuke you in Jesus' name. The devil, he understands that. I mean, what language you say it in? <laughs> amen. And, you know, I'm, I'm, Brother Cuomo wasn't around. He didn't get to see that. But anyway, <laughs> I wish he had a been. <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, you know, life's funny, isn't it? Hallelujah. Praise God. That's wonderful. But I don't care one way or another. I mean, you know, nobody likes things like that. I, I can't just say, oh, Jesus, please, when I go out today, let me stir up something so somebody can jump on me. Oh, God, please. No, no, I don't pray none of that. I said, please help me, Jesus, behave myself. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you know how it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, you know, Jesus may have been like that in some degree. Now, everybody loved him or hated him. They never split the middle with him. You either love Jesus or hate him. You know, that's the way it is. He's a wonderful person. I, I, you know, to my way of thinking, for him to tell us straight across the board how it really is, is the greatest manifestation of the love of God there is. But to, to me, of course, you're talking to a prophetic person who thinks that way. But to me, for Jesus to tell me what my problems are and tell me plain enough where I can understand it, I tell him all the time, listen, I'm dumb, you've got to talk straight. And if you want to talk to me, you've got to tell me how it really is because I don't get it sometimes, so you've got to tell me. If I mess up, it's your fault. I'm going to blame it on you because I told you to tell me. Amen. <laughs> it won't work blaming it on him. But anyway, now, 
I'm coming in my Father's name and you receive me not. Another shall come in his own name, him and you receive. You know what the heart of you know what the heart of divination is? The heart of divination is Simon the sorcerer went around supposing himself to be some great man of God and, 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 and portraying himself to be some great somebody in front of the sight of the people. What was he in essence doing? He was stealing glory. First of all, he wasn't doing anything for God, but he claimed it. And he was stealing the glory that belonged to God alone. See? And that's a dangerous area. And it's amazing what people will do because Jesus goes on to say this. He said, how can we, how, he said, to, uh, verse 44, how can we believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? See, there is an, there is an approval and an honor that comes from God as we walk in obedience to what he says. There's an honor to it. You know, he's on honor, and you know, honor, God's going to honor whom he honors. He, the, the Bible, because there's scriptures in the Bible that talks about that. He gives honor to whom honors do. God don't mind honoring people. Honor's not the problem. It's when man gets it all out of distorted, in a distorted way and begins to do something in the name of love or whatever way he does it. And, you know, we love people. We want to honor people. But when we will honor them above honor for God, then we've got it out of sorts. Let me give you a couple of scriptures that might help you along that line. Let's go to Job chapter 13 for just a minute. <clears throat> times. Amen. Job 6, uh, 13, 6. Hear now my reasoning and hearken to the pleading of my lips. I, will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for him? I see that's all in the context what's being said. You know, he, he says in Isaiah 5, woe be in him cause good evil and evil good. I, I think that would probably apply. You know what really bothers me sometimes you minister to people and you find out later they're stinkers. And you really wish you, I mean, I don't mind this because God don't talk about people like we do. He talks about them in a good way. And I believe it was usually a valid word. But it kind of vexes me because they're not, they don't honor God. I mean, they're not honoring God. You, you, I don't know what you're doing. I've, I've kind of restricted myself in a lot of ways. I've done it for various reasons. Over the gifts and operations, the gifts of the spirit concern. I've just disciplined myself. I'd be a better way to say not restrict, but discipline myself and make sure I'm really hearing what God's saying and ministering what God tells me to do, where he tells me to do. And if it's one, okay. If it's ten, it's okay. But never try to minister unless he tells me to. Because I don't want to be speaking for God, speaking, well, you speak wickedly for God. You know, I, that, that, that really requires me to say more than I want to say. He said, will you accept his person? Will you contend for God? It is good that he should search you out. As one man mocketh another, so do you mock him. He will reprove you if you do secretly accept persons or honor someone above him. Now, that's what he said. He will surely reprove you. Ever had God get on you about something like that? <laughs> well, I have. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I don't like it either. Chapter 32, verse 21, 22, Job 32, 21, 22. Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person. Neither let me give flattering titles unto men. For I know not to give flattering titles, and so doing my maker would soon take me away. Now, brother, that'll, that'll, that'll get the kinks out of your wrinkles. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you, you know, that's, that's, that do, see, it's a hard thing to balance, isn't it? I mean, we want to give honor. We certainly want to respect people. We want to honor them, but there's a point. Uh, I don't know where the point, I don't know how to say it without just getting plumb, just vicious almost about it. But I tell you, there's some folks you'd think the sun rises and sets them. It don't sit and rise nobody. Nobody, there's no person better than another person. Now, I heard this I, coming in. I had never thought about this this way. When he says there in 2 Timothy, in the great house, there's vessels to honor and dishonor, some to honor, some to dishonor. And, and, and he talks about gold, silver, and then wood and hay. Well, you know, you could be a wooden vessel. You don't have all the honor that somebody has, who has the gold has. You understand what I'm saying? 
but you're just as honorable. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, they may be more up in the, in the, in the attention and mindset of, or in the, in, the, in the eyesight of men, and they may be more used, but it doesn't make them greater. See, one of the problems we have in the body of Christ is condescending or, you know, down on ourselves. We're down on ourselves. That's one of the things that's being said today. And we don't let the grace of God lift us up to the level that God says we're accepted in the beloved. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I don't care what you are. Hey, hey, or silver, gold, wood, or whatever. You're still his workmanship and there's a certain honor that belongs to you and is in you whatever level you're at. Hallelujah. And anything that tells you the difference is a liar and the devil's behind it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, glory okay. to God. Amen. Yes. Thank God I'm starting on that second barrel now. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I mean, flattery. One scripture says in the Living Bible, I'll never get it right. I think it's, it's either Proverbs 26, 28, or 28, 26. Whichever one has that verse, it's the last one in that chapter. In the Living Bible, it says, flattery is a form of hatred. It can be. Is it wrong to tell people nice things? No. Is it wrong to you know, bless people that way? No. It's the, the point I'm making is not that. The point I'm making is that when we do that, at the risk of honoring and defaming God. I can't bring myself to tell somebody it's something when I don't have it in my heart to tell them. I cannot do it. I cannot. In other words, I'm going to tell you why I'm that way. Because I was a liar before I got saved. And I've had people tell me over the years as a Christian, as a minister, we well, love you. And some of them really did. You know, they really did. They did love me. And I'm grateful. But some didn't. And you found out later they didn't. You know what I'm saying? And you get, and I thought to my, and I just thought to myself, I'm not going to tell somebody I love them, and I don't really know that on the inside of me I love them. I, that's not honest. If I studied the love of God, anything about the love of God, I find out that one of the things is with the love of God's truth. You want truth? Our truth is is a risky business. You can hear Al Gore tell you that it's risky. Huh? If you're in the political arena, it's risky. But it's a, it is risky. There's always a risk factor involved. Every time we come here, we get a phone call. I'll tell that person to get down here. Hallelujah. Amen. Whoever they are, come on. Better get winded up here in a minute. Listen to these. John 7. Jesus had it right. John chapter 7, verse 18. He made it this way. He that seeketh of, speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. <laughs> but he that seeketh his glory that sent him he the same is true and no unrighteousness is in him my wife was reading me something out of a book she's reading this morning and I never had thought about this way I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure God it was talking about godliness I never seen this scripture this way this man brought it out a different way yea all those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution and he said he said godliness provokes persecution it is an attack on, of, of Satan an attack on Satan and his work and rouse him quickly to react with force. That's, that's, you know, that's what Jesus is saying right here in another way. He said, but he that seeketh his glory, that sent him, the same is true and no unrighteousness is in him. That is, if he's, if he's in a godly, he's moving in godliness. And when you read the context of what's being said right here, they're railing on Jesus and he's responding back. <laughs> Amen. He's got them all stirred up, man. They're not, <laughs> they're not bothering Jesus except one reason. He's everything that they ought to be. No, they should be and they are not. And it makes them mad. Because he said, you didn't have no sin before I come. Now you have no coat for it. 
He uncovered everything. His, his whole life was one of revelation when he come around. You don't know what would happen to you the minute Jesus stepped in this room. Every one of us, not you, just every one of us, the minute Jesus stepped in here, immediately we would remember and think about every sinful thing we ever done. We shouldn't, but we do. Amen. Every person I've ever heard that's ever seen Jesus Christ does the very same thing. Amen. The fault is speaks, I'm not worthy to be here. He said, I know what. Get up. I made you worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good news. Thank God. He made me worthy. Let me go a couple more places and I'll try to quit here. I, I didn't get nowhere where I thought I was going. Chapter 8, verse 49 and 50. Amen. He said, now this is one of them heavy duty places. Verse 47, he that is of God heareth God's word. He therefore hear them not because you are not of God. How about that for Sunday morning preaching? Stand up Jesus and tell me I don't hear the word of God. I'll smack your face, young man. After all, you're the son of Joseph. Who do you think you are? You know they thought it, and many times they said it. And when they said it, they said it publicly so they could bring Jesus and his authority down to their level. It'll never work. Never. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan? That's the devil. Man, a Samaritan was not a nice person for a Jew. <laughs> so now we're going to give you a double whammy. You're a Samaritan and a devil. <laughs> God, man, that's bad. Ain't I'm glad I never... But whatever makes you think if the master of the house suffered it, you're going to get by with it. You can never rise above the principle. But you can be the same as. I don't care. I told the Lord, I don't care how much you persecute me as long as I got your power and your anointing and your character in my life. Let them do what they want to. Hallelujah. In fact, he may be saying back, that's why I'm letting it happen so I can get some character in your life. Amen. Are you out there? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, there's a scripture that I need to read. I, I, I want to get this scripture, a couple of them actually, if you'll let me. Ecclesiastes, nobody ever preaches on Ecclesiastes. But I'm going to this morning, just a little bit, chapter 7. A good name, sounds almost contradictive what we're saying, but we'll put it together. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. You know, the older you get, the more you realize that's the truth. When you're young, you think, oh man, I don't want to die. After a while, you pray, God, please let me die. <laughs> You've been in Christianity very long, but chapter 7 and 1, I was at least asking 7, but here's the one I really want to go to, chapter 10, verse 1. I've been thinking about this a lot since South America last year. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Isn't that interesting? There's dead flies in the anointing sometimes. Character flaws. It's little things that we need to get adjusted. And so Jesus is doing some of that right here with these guys. And he says, we said you have Samaritan heaven. And Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor the Father and you do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. This see, boy, Jesus had it together. You know why Jesus had that power on his life? A lot of reasons. Well, somebody said because he's Jesus. Well, he was, and he was the son of God. But he didn't act that way. He didn't, act, he didn't move in that on the earth. He, he laid that aside. The Bible said he laid aside his reputation. Well, wouldn't that be something? He just laid it aside. Paul said he laid, he, he laid aside his reputation. That's what he said. He didn't seek for no reputation, no fame. In fact, many times when he'd heal people, he said, go tell them. Go tell them. Don't go tell them anything is what I was trying to say. Don't tell them what happened to you. Don't tell them where this comes from. Don't. And they'd go do it anyway. They'd disobey. But he didn't want them to draw no attention to himself. He wasn't trying to do that. Isn't that an interesting thing? That's why God gave him power. Now, that's the power of a godliness. 
Do you know, and this is another little scripture that's a favorite of mine, Jesus was raised from the dead, Romans 1 and 4, by the Spirit of holiness. That spirit power of the gospel rests in holiness. When you study the old timers like John Wesley, and uh, I, I was another man by Evan Roberts, and uh, there's another Roberts I'm trying to think of, but uh, and uh, George Whitefield and Finney, one of the outstanding characteristics of their message and their lifestyle was that of holy living. Jesus was living that way. And brother, when you get in that arena, you got the devil upset. Why did some back 50, 60 years ago, the old time Pentecostals had a move of God and the power of God? I'm going to tell you one of the reasons. They didn't have a revelation sometimes of the word. Maybe they did and they didn't preach it. But, but in essence, according to judging by a lot of things that was preached, they didn't have a lot of revelation about uh, you know, certain things that we've been revealed to us because we're the latter generation. More truth is coming. And thank God for it. But the fact of it is they believed in living lifestyles that were clean, pure, and holy before the presence of God. And because of that, God manifested His holy power. We don't even know what that means nowadays. Huh? Because I, at least in my uh, avenues of thinking, for me to live holy means I'm going to deny myself. For me to live godly means I'm going to deny myself. For me to live that way means I'm going to put aside every desire and everything I have and say, yeah, I'm just going to live for you, Jesus, and let the chips fall where they may. I'll say what you tell me to say when you tell me, tell me to say it. I'll, I'll go where you want me to go and do whatever you want me to do, and I don't care if I have a success in the way the world wants it or not. Just help me do what you want me to do. When I get to heaven, he's going to point his finger and say, you honored me. Now I'm going to honor you. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord, thou good and faithful. Boy, if he could, you know, he can give me all the mansions in heaven he wants to, and I'll be glad, I'll be glad, I'll enjoy him. What I want to hear more than anything else, brother, is God say, you faithful servant. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wish I had about six hours. I'm going to give you one more. You may not like this one. Romans chapter 1. But it could be very well. See, we've, I've, I've, I've used this scripture talking about homosexuality hundreds of times, if, if not just a few, and I never thought about it this way. But let me show you something that maybe will intrigue you thinking a little bit. Romans 1, and this is the last one, 22 and 23. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible men. Now, now actually, let me give you one more, please. Jeremiah 2. And, verse, and this is where I really needed to use this as a text, but the Lord just directed me this way. Jeremiah 2.13, it says, For my people have committed two evils. First of all, they have forsaken me. That's, a, that's an evil. God considers that evil. And the fountain of living water. See, Jesus said you wouldn't come. See, he said me. He, he used a personal pronoun again. Jesus said you search the scriptures. Any of you think you have a life, and they're the ones that testify. I mean, you won't come to me that you might have a life. That's exactly what he's saying right here. Then he says... And, and, and have hewn and forsaken me fountains of living waters and hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And I, I don't know where I got this written down at, but that word there kind of means they have uh, hewn out something and engraved it. Huh? They've hewn it out. Let me see if I can find that, 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 that right there. Because yeah, the word cistern means to engrave or put their own name on it. Now, exactly what I, that's exactly what I was saying right up front. We've got a lot of things. We put our name on it. We say we're the cause behind it, and that's the thing that causes a perplexity on the inside of me because as a person, because I, to me, I identify that as someone doing their own thing. And the world, they do it, but whose name are we working in in this earth? 
He said, in my name cast out devils. If it's his name, then he deserves all the glory. In my name, he said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Who in the world can we recover as human beings apart from the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost? But there's some folks who merchandise it. Brother, and it makes me sick. Uh, and these phony balonies and, you know, the pulpits become a jokester. Full of jokesters. Want to tell jokes make people feel good. I tell you, brother, when I start studying the Word of God, Jesus did not always make you feel good. He was not Mr. Feelgood or Mr. Goodbar, brother. Sometimes he could, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, man, he could say some things to you out of the innocency and the purity and the blamelessness of love because he had no blame. He just simply said, how it really is. He said, you judge by what you see, but I judge righteously by what I hear. I speak what I hear from a God who knows exactly the beginning from the end. Hallelujah. Well, I say, I don't know what you do and what you do not do, and I don't know your sins, and I'm not looking for any. But God knows you this morning. You know what people say? I've got my ministry. It's not really, when you read the book of Acts, the Bible said this ministry. He took part in this ministry. I mean, maybe God lets us do it, but I get, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into semantics. I'm not going to get hung up over that. But the fact of it is, there's a glory that belongs only to him. Only to him. I, you know, I, I was sharing with the brother where we were staying out. In, we were actually staying over in Pennsylvania in a little church uh, house, some guy. And I was sharing about, we was talking about different things we've seen. Last year we got to see such a ma marvelous miracle. And I remembered something that I'd prayed many, many years ago. When I was just talking to him yesterday, I hadn't even thought about it until I was I always prayed, God, I want you to use us. But when you do it, do it in such a way you can no possibly blame anything on me it has to be God <laughs> now I always tell people when I preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost this very thing I, if I never believed in speaking in tongues I would believe it now if I never believed it I, I do believe it but if I never believe it I believe it now because we saw a man who had never spoke any language Spanish or English 45 years totally deaf and dumb a power of God came on him and healed him and the first language he spoke was other tongues now you can't blame that on brother Hughes Hallelujah. You can only blame that on God, friend. Hallelujah. You, you say, well, brother, he was a great man of God. I like what one man said. He said, I'm not a great man of God. I'm just a man of the great God. Yeah. Hallelujah. And that's absolutely the truth. He's just a great God. There's nobody like him. Is that right? Hallelujah. Amen. He's altogether lovely. Hallelujah. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God forevermore. Let's stand up on our feet. Just lift up holy hands. Just give him honor and just give him glory. Just give him praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Great Redeemer, we, we worship you and honor you today and magnify your glorious name. Hallelujah. Glory unto God. Hallelujah. Lord God, any place that we've stood between you and your glory and what rightfully belongs to you, we want to get it uh, straightened out today. We want to get it uh, get that sin under the blood, hallelujah, and get it washed away. And then that problem that causes it to be ministered to and dealt with by the supernatural power of God, root it out of us, hallelujah. Dig it out of us, God. Annihilate it on the inside of us, hallelujah. But fix us in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory unto God forevermore. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Now, I don't know exactly how to give an altar call about this. I don't know exactly what to say to you, but I guarantee you, you know exactly what you need to do. If there's something on the inside of you you need to do. And so if you just feel the need to come here somewhere around the front of this building and, and, and just as an act of stepping out and saying, I'm going to separate myself from anything that's not right and get right with God, I want you to just move. And, and don't, don't, let me, don't make me beg you because I'm not going to. You may just feel the need to come and between you and the Lord and whatever he use this message to speak to you and just come and let, let him deal with you where you're at. Hallelujah. Don't waste no time about it. Just get in the altar and, 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 and cry out to him. Hallelujah. You know, he told us this morning in, in, in a certain way that we can find him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he's opened the door of opportunity. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we don't want to, we want to walk through it. Hallelujah. Oh God, help us today. Help, help us your people. Hallelujah. Help us. Oh, we just bear our heart before you God and not only the things we know and, and those that are come whatever they know but we bear a heart to be, be shown by the spirit of God anything else that we need to correct or adjust or whatever it needs to be done God but for all of those times that we've stood between you and your glory and knowingly or unknowingly intentionally or unintentionally God we ask you to forgive us today cleanse us with the precious blood of the lamb hallelujah the only covering that we can have is the blood of Jesus let that cover us now and watch that sin away hallelujah by the power of your mighty spirit God we humble ourselves before your presence oh God we don't want no satanic nature that makes us want to ascend to a certain place we don't want no uh, Adamic nature that makes us uh, uh, do our own thing but we want to do what you want us to do hallelujah we'll be willfully and willingly tear down every barn and everything that we've built every cistern that we've engraved with our name and, and we want your name to be magnified. We want you to be glorified. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. 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 Lover of our soul. Hallelujah. Oh, God. And then above everything else, help us to love you with the same love that you love us with and we can do it because you say that we can do it. Hallelujah. And then you told us to love one another even as Christ loved the church. Hallelujah. And so when we cleanse ourselves, we can look at one another and see you in that other person. And we can love you in that other person. Hallelujah. And they can love you that's in us. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want Jesus Christ reigning through life on the basis of the blood.